and welcome to a Who Done It episode of We Only Look Thin. I am Catherine Weigel. I've lost about 145 pounds. You done it. It turns out you done it. Mysteriously, I've gained a little bit of weight, and we're hoping to get to the bottom of it today. It's and a mystery. It's a mystery. And speaking of mysteries, who is this mystery man sitting next to me? I am Donald Weigel, and I have mysteriously lost about 100 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> no one knows how it happened. It was probably your thyroid. <laughs> I believe it was magic. Um. <laughs> what if we actually said it was your, th- like, if that's what you said to yeah. people, like, oh my gosh, how'd you do it? I don't uh, know. My thyroid. My thyroid, I just probably. started losing weight one day. Might be genetics. I, I don't even know. Yeah. You're a victim. I'm totally a, a victim. victim of your habits. Exactly. Anyway, we're a weight loss podcast where we only look thin, and uh, today we're going to talk about the mysteries of weight loss. And uh, We sure are. Mysteries of murder. <laughs> oh, whoa. Whoa, we will murder the competition when it comes to weight loss Bargains. or something. Uh, we have talked before about weight loss canaries and how weight loss uh, and your habits, your habits are canaries and they're yeah. living in a coal mine. You can go back yeah, to that episode Yeah, you know, the, the old canary it. in a coal mine thing. They used to send uh, canaries. They really did this according yeah. to the internet, at least. Uh, they really sent canaries down into coal mines to see if, uh, if there were poisonous gases down there and if the canary came back. They figured it was safe to send people down there. Right. But if it was dead, yeah. then it was like, whoa, pump De- the brakes. So dead canaries, not good. <laughs> but they would have to saying. send someone down there to see if it was alive. It's like Schrodinger's canary. Is yeah, the canary yeah, yeah. alive if nobody. Yeah, opens maybe the, the canary's just chilling down in the mine. <laughs> Doesn't want to come back. <laughs> Tweet, my guy. Yeah. Uh, but. Sometimes we kill our own canaries. Our canaries yeah. are our habits. And uh, we're going to find out who Yeah, we has have a m- whole episode about the canaries that, you know, the warning signs, basically, that maybe you're slipping. But uh, this is not exactly that. This is different. This is about murder, murder. and mysteries. What? So I spent... Most of my life, really. Uh, I was about to say most of my adult life, but I'm just going to say most of my life. Uh, blaming everything other than me for why I was overweight and substantially overweight. Um, I, I would blame, you know, genetics. Like, I was like, who is responsible for my weight? What is going on? And I created a list of suspects. <laughs> and jacuz. My, my jacuz, exactly. My suspect list included my thyroid, my terrible genetics, my job, my coworkers, my lack of free time, and the fact that society was out to get me. Oh, also your German heritage. You're basically yeah. part potato salad. Plus, at one point, I think I thought there was like a secret cabal that was conspiring to uh, put food in my mouth or something. Oh, so basically, it's just a like murderer's row of suspects of why you were overweight. And about four years ago, four and a half years ago, I don't remember what time is anymore, but um, you came down mysteriously, mysteriously. with diabetes. Yeah. <laughs> the sugar. The, sh- the bad <laughs> sugar. Uh, my doctor presented me with the evidence that I had actually contracted uh, diabetes. But how could it happen to such a Who nice guy? Who is responsible for this? <laughs> uh, um, and this kind of reminded me ultimately of one of my favorite board games, which is Clue. He, um, it is really one of his really favorite is. board I, games. I have, I think, four different versions of the game Clue. 
maybe more. Is five? it more than four? It's at least five. I know I bought two like old versions at a garage sa- garage sale, and I have like a sort of a normal. We're just naming board games and a Simpsons Clue version, um, but uh, it's all good times. Um, in that game, you are playing uh, a character, and I'm sure most people are familiar with it, but you're playing either Colonel Mustard or Mrs. White or Professor Plum or a Mrs. Peacock, Mr. Green, Miss Scarlet, and you have to go around and figure out, like, who killed Mr. Body? Like, somebody, uh, you know, Mr. Body is the name of the person who uh, Mr. summoned Mr. Slim you. Goodbody? Slim Goodbody, <laughs> yeah. Someone killed Slim Goodbody. In this case, it was me. And... It could spoiler. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It could turn out when you're playing Clue that you are actually the murderer and you're investigating the, you know, the murder. You might end up being the murderer as you're doing it. And it turns out that I was responsible for what? giving myself diabetes and being a hundred pounds overweight. But at the time, you did not consider yourself a suspect. No, you blamed all of those other conditions. No, I'd walk around going, "It wasn't me. It was the one-armed man." <laughs> um, and I, I would blame all of those other things, and I would say to myself things like, "I'm trying so hard." I am eating like everybody else. Like, why is this happening to me? But here's the thing. I was a junior sleuth at the time. Mm. I had been on You're my- like Encyclopedia Brown? I was. I, yeah. I had been on my weight loss journey for as many as four months before Donald started. So I basically had all the tools I needed Everything. to get to the bottom you of this mystery. You had it all together mystery. at that point. Uh, so, uh, so I wasn't like a Jessica Fletcher type really, but yeah, I was like an encyclopedia Brown. Uh, but Jessica Fletcher is murder. She wrote, by the way, And if you don't know that shame on you, (laughs) (laughs) but, oh man, my parents don't really listen to this. So I can say they made me sit through many episodes of murder. She wrote when I was uh, growing up. See, they made you like, it was a big Perry Mason thing. Like your sister actually used to go home to tape Perry Mason for your dad. Oh, I know. Perry Mason was also a thing was Perry Mason, but it was also like, it was diagnosis murder and Matlock. So many murders. Yeah. J.B. Fletcher. I love watching murder. She wrote with my grandma. So, so I'm pretty much an expert. But one thing I've learned from Mistoires is the idea <laughs> wow, so continental. of an alibi. Oh, and yeah. guess what? Donald had no alibi for his diagnosis. U-G-L-Y. I don't have no alibi. I'm ugly. Uh, uh, ugly. Um, which is a cheer that people used to shout at me. No, I don't know. <laughs> what are you talking about? I don't know. I'm just making stuff so, up now. So what's an alibi, Donald? An alibi is a a story or a circumstance which means that you could not possibly have committed a crime. Like people saw you at a place where the murder was not happening, where right. the crime was so not happening. So you've got someone to back up your story. Yeah. You've, you've got, got an airtight alibi airtight if there alibi. are like lots of witnesses that you were somewhere else doing something else at the time. Right. So when you came down mysteriously with diabetes. Mysteriously. No one knows how it happened. Yeah. At the doctor's office, yeah. the weapon was your blood. Right. <laughs> was your... Uh, my doctor at the doctor's office with my blood gave me diabetes. <laughs> That's what happens. I, I didn't have diabetes. Then I went into the doctor's office and he gave it to me. Okay. But your symptoms were like sleeping all the time. All the being time. Being very overweight, which we didn't really realize at the time because it yeah. sneaks up slowly on you. Yeah. Um, but we, I, I said to him, uh, well, 
maybe we can change some things that you're doing. Are you tracking your calories or your steps? Or- no, why would I even do that? I Fitbits eat like everyone stupid. else. I eat normal. Like, why would I need to do that? Um, so he was very angry about it. But yeah. we decided to get down to uh, to the whys in the house. And it turns out alibis for weight loss are much like alibis for murders. <laughs> um, I had been tracking my calories and my steps uh, and my my heart rate and my blood work yeah. uh, for as many as four months, which made me an expert on the topic. Absolutely an expert. Like but, I have done as much as 10 minutes of internet research, I like to say, before I pronounce that I've learned everything about a topic. But let's pretend that you, dear listener, um, are suf- suffering from some sort of dead canary. Yeah. And uh, you are up on the scale. You just found out you have fatty liver disease. You have type 2 diabetes. None of your pants fit. Obviously, there is a conspiracy against you somebody shrunk all of those pants (laughs) and we come up with as many stories as we can of sort of general alibis you know if if you go back and ask someone where were you on the night of whatever like if you don't have an alibi you can be considered the murderer so if if i would even create this I, i i really in hindsight feel like i was almost living a double life where i would present a person in public at work who ate salads every day for lunch or steamed vegetables and tofu and, you know, wasn't eating snacks all the time and was was exercising in mornings and, you know, et cetera. And we walked we walked like two miles a day for one, at one point yeah. like that. You basically just get to eat takeout every night if you walk two miles. Yeah, absolutely. Or, you know, I, I would join a gym and I would go like, you know, four or five days a week for, for 20 minutes and, and feel like that was enough. And I would I would have people say to me, like, I don't, you know, you work so hard. I don't understand it. And they weren't seeing me sneak into the kitchen when nobody was around and eating the donuts out of the the communal donut box or grabbing handfuls of mini, you know, Hershey's treats or coming home at night and literally eating like two full packages of sliced cheese. Like I, I saw it happen. I didn't know what was happening. <laughs> and, and if if I may, which if this, you is, may. this is you really may. embarrassing, Some most of the time, not just sliced cheese, but I would like pour barbecue sauce on it. <laughs> I think mayonnaise might have also uh, been mayonnaise, on. Oh, yeah. On Swiss cheese, I would like dip Swiss cheese in mayonnaise and just eat it and like... And then I'd be so shocked that uh, I couldn't lose weight. Well, and I think if you uh, are listening and you are saying, but I'm not, I love myself. I would never do something so, you know, to betray myself like that. But if you, if you. <laughs> why would I? Why would I? I okay. So if you That's hear one of yourself, our daughter's favorite oh my responses. Gosh, like, would, did you, did you, <laughs> did you, you know, were you messing around on the internet at midnight last why night? Why would I? Why would I? Do I look like the kind of person who would yeah. do that? If you get a question as a response to a question, yeah. you might be a murderer. Maybe. But if you, you know, think about your motive. And, you know, you're going around the room and you're, you know, instead of uh, Colonel Mustard, you're Colonel Sanders. And you're saying, but I only eat whole foods. It has 11 secret herbs and spices. Like, herbs and spices never made anyone overweight. Um, But I watch what I eat. I watch. I watch what I eat. Oh, man. Like, I only have ancient grains. Oh. (laughs) 
I only eat organic. Oh, uh, but I I have a fasting window. I, I practice intermittent Couldn't fasting. Couldn't have been me. Couldn't I have, have been a me. fasting window. I only eat six hours a day. Like yeah. what? A, I, it's a mystery why I'm up on the scale. I eat intuitively. I, I just listen to my body. Body's a liar. Yeah, my body is a liar, liar who lies, who says I want all the Swiss cheese dipped in mayonnaise. Uh, uh, well, and two, I would justify it. You know how people say like, well, I'm not an ac- alcoholic. I just drink Chablis. Yeah. Like, like you have to drink Jack Daniels in a gutter to be an alcoholic. Right. Like I would say things like, well, I, it's not like I binge eat. Like it, it's not like I'm eating a whole chocolate cake at night. Like, it, like I don't have a problem. You have a problem. Yeah. Um, and when people say things like, I only ever see you eat salads, Donald, I don't understand. It's a mystery to me, too. Well, and it would reinforce my own belief. It, it was like I was Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Like, it would reinforce my belief that I was trying so hard and I was doing everything I can when people would say stuff like that to me. Well, and like, you know, well, bananas are zero points. Like, I just eat like 20 bananas a <laughs> yeah. day. Like, I don't know why I'm not losing weight. I eat sensibly. Like You need to quit monkeying around with those bananas. Y- I'm not even going to laugh at that. I can't even pretend. But that like, oh, but it's an ancient sourdough starter from like a whole family oh, yeah. recipe. Like I'm just- It's been passed down from generations From generations. Like, oh, it can't be bad for me. And we use all of these things to like, did you know that lie detector tests don't actually work? Because if a murderer believes what they're saying, it doesn't trigger the like crazy response. So if you act guilty, then it goes off. Like if, if your pulse increases and if your eyes are shifty. It tracks that, but if you believe that you're doing everything you can, yeah, then I it really doesn't actually register. There was this big part of me that really did believe I was doing everything I can. So speaking of alibis, mm. um, I actually found, and this actually happened today, an interesting uh, trail of evidence that I would like to share with you. Really? So I did not start tracking calories until January of 2016. So if yeah. you ask me... What I ate, how many steps I got from yeah. January 2016 until today, I have an airtight alibi yeah, to yeah, all yeah. of my activities. But if you pick random days in history, like what did you do on May 3rd in 2013? I don't know. What did you yeah. get? And it's, for me, it's like not till March or April of that year. Right. So here's the thing with me, though. I was an avid picture taker. Did you know that about me, Donald? Oh, no, this is new information. It's not. I take pictures all the time. So that is a a version of evidence that I would like to share with you today. Your honor, if I may (laughs) put into evidence, literally I have- I'll allow it. I'll allow it. um, From 2012 until today, I have evidence of my May 3rds for eight years. I will start back on May 3rd, 2012. I took a photo in my like Facebook, like, here's what you were doing years ago today. May 3rd, 2012, I took pictures of us at Blue Dog Tavern. Ah, pictures of beer, which I'm like sure yeah. also included a basket of garlic fries. Yeah. And probably, what, two or three beers, if you had to guess, if we were at Blue Dog? At least. And- Probably not just a basket He's an expert, of garlic fries. <laughs> expert witness. So anyway, so I have evidence from May 3rd, 2012. Did I track my calories that day? I did not track. I no. didn't track anything, but I did take a picture. Yeah. 
the next year, May uh, 3rd, 2013, we were seeing the movie Iron Man. Yeah. And we had, uh, I because I took a picture, we had <laughs> uh, a habit of going to dinner before a movie, yeah. probably at the, the theater's restaurant, probably had a couple cocktails, and probably also a bucket of french fries, if I had to guess. And probably movie candy and probably a giant soda oh, during the totally, movie. Totally, totally, totally. Yeah. Forgot about that. Uh, the year, uh, May 3rd, 2014, we were at Tony's Darts Away with our friend Fran. It was like a celebratory go-away <laughs> that's, thing. That's a bar, by it's the way. It's a bar. Uh, we probably had multiple flights of beers. Yeah. We probably buckets of fries again, sausages. Yeah. like. Yeah, they, they had some good uh, vegan sausages at that place. Okay, so May 3rd, 2015... Took a picture of Donut Friend. Oh, my God. You and I shared a six-pack of donuts. Why was I 100 pounds overweight? It's such a mystery. Who did this to me? It ties in the loophole, which we haven't talked about, which is the special trip loophole. Oh, yeah. Uh, Donut Friend, fantastic uh, donutery. Probably a good 30-minute drive. It was a vegan donut place. We were vegan at the time. Yeah. Got to get your money's worth. You're not going to go out there every day, so you might as well get- seriously, okay, here's- All right. I I shouldn't probably say this on a podcast about losing weight, but like- you order, know, you, order. You, hear, you, exactly, you hear vegan donut and maybe you're like ooh, ooh I don't know sad. these are like the best donuts I've ever had vegan or not like in either direction okay continue please the special trip loophole okay so uh, the special trip loophole included they had like fun punk rock names for all of their donuts yeah mostly so like, there was, like 80s and 90s bands yeah so s'morrissey oh, you gotta have a s'morrissey donut it's morrissey and a s'more what's yeah. more fun than that fudge gazi a fudge donut uh-huh. uh, polar berry club x-ray speculus white chocolate stripes stiff little butterfinger we had between us six donuts yeah and, and these are not like just like giant not donuts. just like your little tiny these are like huge gourmet like you know covered with chocolate and cornflakes and like yeah. you know all kinds of you know the one that one she mentioned is like is just covered in in ground butterfinger candy bars <laughs> yeah and and so we ask ourselves we were the victim of our what yeah. we just we're just living our best lives but i have evidence year after year that I was drinking and eating buckets of things and getting six packs of donuts year over year. And that is evidence of why I got up to almost double the weight that I am right now. And at the time, I just thought I was just enjoying stuff and i you know i probably walk two miles a day that's enough to and i really believed and i would tell myself that i am eating like everybody else what is my problem and then i actually started here's where we're actually going with this (laughs) i started tracking all of my food and tracking all of my movement uh we got fitbits got the fitbit app and started logging everything into it And I, for the first time in my life, I wrote down everything I was eating without any judgment. Like, I had done Weight Watchers before where you have to write down everything, but I was on a Weight Watchers plan, so I was pre-counting everything. This was just me eating what I was eating and figuring out how much I was eating. And it turned out I was eating between 3,500 and 5,000 calories every single day. And that is why (laughs) I got up to 100 pounds overweight. Well, and two, I think when we don't 
track, and I mean, we kind of joked about this. It's like you're trying to find the murderer. You're trying to find who it is. And it's yeah. like, you know, the murderer is someone in this very room. <laughs> but like when we don't track, it's like, well, it's obviously Bob and accounting's fault for Bagel Fridays. Right. Like it's obviously my boss for giving me too much work. And then we have a happy hour on Friday to let loose, which ends up being like three or four glasses of wine and a giant thing of calamari and fries in buckets, which just seems to be like at every crime yeah, scene. Yeah, for sure. And when we don't track, we honestly think it's a mystery. Like we really honestly think that you're doing every, I eat organic. We went to a farm to table restaurant. How could this be happening to me? I am a victim. Yeah, and- it was not like Professor Plum in the billiard room with the with the lead pipe. It was me at the Bob Evans restaurant with the French toast. Right. Like, it, it was uh, Colonel Sanders in the parking garage in secret before I went into the office. It was little Debbie in the pantry because I was secret eating from not dealing with boundaries. Yeah, exactly. And it is ha 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 joke. But like in the end, we are killing ourselves yeah. with these excuses and with these fake alibis. Yeah, in a sense, actually murdering ourselves. Like, like for real, you know, no joke. Well, and I think, you know, in the if, if we're going murdery with all of this, there are. Oh, we're going murdery. We're going murdery. <laughs> but there's like, you know, shows or shows or books like Dexter, where it's like, I am a serial killer and I will stop at nothing and I do it every single week. And yeah. we, as the audience, are like, he's a killer. He acts like he's nice and eats salads in front of everybody else. But then he's like killing, you know, a bucket of chicken. Yeah. Like, I don't have a compulsion to murder people, but I have a compulsion to eat all of the food. Like, it's, it's a real, like, I can barely control myself compulsion to not eat all the food and drink all the alcohol and you know whatever else just sit around on the couch not doing anything well and that's what like i didn't realize i was a secret eater because i would tell myself kind of like with the um in my own lie detector test, I would say to myself, like, I eat like everyone else. I eat salads for lunch. It's true. I don't know why I'm overweight. And then the secret murdery part of me would literally just eat bagels, like three or four bagels before I got to work. I've talked about it before. I would secret eat McDonald's before I would come home to Donald and put the evidence in the trash. Yeah. Like, so he couldn't see it. Like, I didn't even really realize I was a secret eater because I didn't have the vocabulary for it. Well, and again, I said it before, but it's almost that like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. It's like I would willfully black out the parts of my life that involved me feeling shame over eating the two packs of cheese at night or, you know, I didn't want you to see me doing it when I was doing it. I would wait until you were otherwise occupied in the bedroom or whatever. And then I would go in there and eat it because I didn't want I didn't want anybody else to actually have evidence that I was doing it. It's like Mr. and Mrs. Smith, like you're secret eating in the kitchen and I'm secret <laughs> eating whatever I was doing in the bedroom was probably secret eating yeah, in the bedroom. Yeah, we, we were not preparing to go on spy missions, that's no. for sure. No, but I think that that lying to yourself about, you know, I'm doing it all, what am I, like, what am I not doing? I would not track like hummus and crackers before dinner. Like I've said this a thousand times. Yeah. Why am I overweight? Well, I'm drinking every single night and I'm eating hummus and crackers and 
butter on top of it. Why am I overweight? This isn't fair. And I didn't even like hummus. It's all natural. It's vegan. Like, yeah. oh, it's whole it's ancient just chick- grains. It's just chickpeas and ground sesame seeds. Oh, it's what so is, good. How is it happening? But when you add those sticks of butter into things, we were watching a Food Network thing the other day and it was like, oh, I'm making rice. And it's how he literally just tossed in a stick of butter. An entire, like one of the big sticks of butter too, not even not just like those, a dainty pack. It was sticks. a yeah. stick of butter. And it's those like, but it's all it's it's home churned like it's from you know ireland irish butter doesn't have any blah 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 and we trick ourselves into thinking we're doing it all when we're not tracking the half and half or the creamer or the butter or the mayo or the peanut butter all of these calorie dense foods oh it's i'm eating nuts like nuts are from nature nature nuts and like you don't realize no nature nuts from we only looked in (laughs) i don't know if you saw this but uh my our brother-in-law eric posted a a picture of lemon juice in a bottle and it said 100 lemon juice with other natural ingredients yeah it's like of the hundred percent juice, it was a hundred percent juice. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's not a lie. Like, and I think that those partial truths, where you're like, "Oh, I I went and I got a burger." Like, oh, you can't even eat a burger. Like, oh, you gained weight and you yeah. Ate a or I got the I got the KFC like two piece meal, you know. But then you left off the mashed potatoes and oh, the well, biscuits they, they gave and like the gravy, the, the free apple the, pie, yeah, and, and the, the apple pie. Well, and I do that even when I'm if I don't think I'm tracking or if I'm tracking or if I do it afterward. And this is the problem with being a photographer who takes pictures of all your food. <laughs> we went and had uh, brunch with my dad and stepmom, and I got what I told myself was a salad got myself a salad Go yeah, salad. Yeah. and i said i would track it later and when i tracked it later i was like okay it was lettuce that's basically i mean like i'm losing weight eating it burns more yeah, calories exactly. than it takes but it had steak on it, which is fine and it had dressing which was fine and i i thought i had tracked it all but unfortunately there was photographic evidence from the crime <laughs> scene and uh the closed circuit television showed me that i also had like a pretzel roll that i totally Totally forgot that yeah. I had eaten. And if I had gone on memory. How did I forget the how, pretzel roll? How did I forget the pretzel roll? But that was you know, another, another 150, 200 calories. And every day there is mounting evidence against us that we are not collecting from the crime scene. When we are not tracking our food, when we are not tracking our steps, it is a mystery why we are up on the scale. Yeah. So I am big with uh, with lists, and um, so I have a, has list, a list of lists. I have a list of lists. I have a list of the benefits of, according to We Only Look Thin, of tracking your food and your exercise. And but that, it's a bummer, and I'm a free spirit man. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what else is a bummer is being a hundred pounds overweight, diabetes, and diabetes, and going bar- blind. barely being able to walk up a flight of stairs uh, when you're, you know, thirty five. Um, I the the number one benefit or the first benefit is that it creates awareness tracking all of your food, and it 
it allows you to visually see exactly what you're really eating. It becomes real and you can't avoid the fact that you're eating what you're eating. And it also helps you to be more mindful about all those things you may not be uh, even thinking about tracking. All of the, the sugary drinks you might be eating or the creamier you're putting in your coffee or the handful of candy you're grabbing off of your coworker's desk that you're not thinking about that you're eating. Well, and this is, this is the only opportunity we have to talk about murderers in the world. So I know I mentioned Dexter, who was a serial killer who like was living a dual life. Right. But then there's like arsenic and old lace. They're just old ladies who kill people slowly over time with, with like putting poison in tea. Yeah. And when we make these tiny misdemeanors day after day of like, oh, it was just a sip of this. Oh, it was just a crust of bread. Oh, it was just a couple of Snickers. Calorie by calorie, we are killing ourselves and we don't notice it. And then we get annoyed because like, well, I didn't do anything to – oh, there's a pretzel roll. Yeah. I'm like, oh, it was too – 200 calories of butter that I just put on my toast. Well, that basically leads into number two, which is it makes you more accountable. (laughs) It makes you more accountable. Um, That that realness of writing it down and realizing that that you actually are eating what you're eating. A third benefit of it is that it allows you to see patterns. And I was not aware. It sounds silly in hindsight or maybe crazy, but I didn't realize for a long time that when I ate lots of carbohydrates or sugary foods in the morning that I was more likely to keep eating them later until I saw it all written down in black and white. Well, and here is, uh, I'm going to segue into a recent episode we did about uh, weight gain in the membrane. (laughs) And I, uh, from January until April... I have sort of maintained my weight accidentally. It is a mystery to us all. <laughs> Colin Colombo, because nobody knows why it's a I doing all I can. Uh, Mrs. Weigel, one more thing. <laughs> that was my Colombo impression. That was very good. Thank you. Um, so I had been tracking my calories and my steps for as many months I've been maintaining my weight. Here's the thing with collecting evidence is that if you don't actually look at it over time, it's not just day by day. Like, oh, I had a good day. Oh, I'm doing everything I can. Oh, I had a bad day. Oh, it was just one day. It's just a misdemeanor. Who cares? Yeah. I tracked 90 days of days under my deficit requirement and then days over. In 90 days, I literally split 45 days under and 45 days over to the, like, penny. Right. And I... I maintained my weight. No wonder you broke even. Womp, womp, womp. And like I kept telling myself I was doing everything. And the problem with the evidence now is deciding what to do with it. I am at a weight where I am not comfortable. And on May 1st, I decided because I am a grown-up who is not comfortable at the weight that I am and tired of my own excuses, I have the evidence. It is now my decision to cut my calories. It is not a punishment. It is not good luck or bad luck. If I want to weigh less, I have to eat like a person who weighs less. And so I have cut my calorie intake by about 250 calories a day. I'm not talking about like, oh, no, I can't eat as many salads. No, it's – it's just not as much pantry food. Like nobody's crying because I'm not getting that second, you know, container of Pringles. So I had to make a conscious choice based on the evidence to cut my calories so that I could be the kind of person who weighs what I want to weigh. And you have unknowingly fallen into my trap of segueing into number four. Oh, that's good. Um, it I thought can... I was just heisting your... Uh... Yeah, but it 
writing everything down can help you actually figure out how many calories you should be eating per day. Yeah. And there are lots of things you can read about online about how many calories you should be eating. Lots of people will tell you you have to go down as low as like 11 or 1200 a day, which mm-hmm. I think is insane and is too low and you shouldn't do it. But when I started and I was eating that 3500 to to uh, 5000 a day, I just stepped back. I decided I was like, okay, let's see if I can hit three thousand a day for a little while, and see if I can lose any weight. And then I I gradually decreased my calories until I was losing weight. And then while I was still losing, anytime I would get stuck uh, at the same weight for three weeks in a row, then I would drop the calories again, or I would step up my movement, or one of those well, things, and it helped me figure that out. And that literally happened to me because I got on the straight and narrow without any murders for three weeks. Literally, like I had yeah. been tracking and- it, You literally didn't murder anyone for three weeks. <laughs> I did not murder anyone. I've never murdered anyone, <laughs> but I literally didn't for three weeks. Yeah. But I was tracking at a what I thought was a deficit for literally three weeks. And I was saying, I'm doing everything right. I'm doing everything right. And it finally, I got to your three week rule and was like, it turns out I maintain my weight at 1,900 calories. Yeah. It is not – like there's nothing I can do about it. Yeah, unless, it's not about fair. It's no. not about, you know, so, praying to the weight loss god. So I was doing everything right except losing the weight. And the alternatives are increase my activity – or decrease my calories. And so I chose decrease my calories. And I was I pouted about it for a little while. Yeah. But honestly, it's what I want. Like I want to weigh less than I do right now because I feel better in my clothes. It's easier for me to go upstairs. My heart rate is actually lower when I weigh less. Like it's not just about a vanity number because people would say like, oh, Catherine, yeah. I wish I was your weight. Yeah, that's great. But it's the trajectory. It's the direction I'm going in. And I've been gaining five pounds steadily, very slowly, imperceptibly, arsenic and old lace style yeah. for a couple of like for a year. I've been slowly gaining a pound and a pound and a pound. And it's it almost, you know, you don't even notice you're doing it and you build up a tolerance to the arsenic. Uh, <laughs> and I'm ready to wash those old ladies out of my hair. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, but it also it gives you the choice if you are are unwilling to eat fewer calories then you have to be willing to stay the weight yeah. that you are like it is up to you like you can do that and that is absolutely a valid choice if you're happy at that weight but then at least you know which also leaves me leads me into my next thing is that it can help you create a plan and I started to talk about this earlier, but I realized that I did worse when I ate carbs in the morning. And then I eventually figured out that I did better if I didn't eat anything in the morning and I don't start eating until the afternoon. And I also realized that if I ate anything sort of treat-like prior to dinner, basically, that that was a bad sign for me, that I had a very hard time uh, stopping myself from eating treats after once I started. Well, and in the uh, 60s and 70s, I can't remember when it was, but the FBI came up with a profile for serial killers. Oh, yeah. And this is very interesting information. And it showed that they started eating chips at 10 a.m. They did. <laughs> but there is a certain – like you can build a composite sketch of someone – 
by the food that they eat and by the lifestyle that they live. Yeah. And the composite sketch of me, if you went from May 3rd, year after year after year of buckets of fries and buckets of popcorn and beer, that paints a picture of a certain kind of person. And the painting that I'm building now is very different. And yeah. I actually, uh, before we started the this recording, I asked Donald to pick a date from my tracking history, just kind of randomly over the last four yeah, years. Yeah, and I just for no reason picked February 12th, 2018. Right. So I went back to that and I picked the the, the day. So this is what I ate, I'll go quickly, on, on that day in history. I had uh, coffee. I had yogurt. I had a, a complete cookie peanut butter for 200 calories, like a Lenny and Larry's bar, which oh, is basically... Yeah candy in the morning but it says it has protein um i had another high protein chunky peanut butter bar i had eggs i had tempting trek mix a hamburger roll (laughs) this is not flapjack on the go buttermilk pancake stuffed sandwich meatball uh and then i had peanut butter you're making everyone hungry right now (laughs) but i'm just i'm trying to just show this i had hold the cone ice cream cones peanut butter cup sugar-free this was not not a your day finest in history. Hour. That was yeah. my finest hour. No, if you were trying to prove to the judge that you didn't do it, this would not be the day. So on that day, I had just about twenty six hundred calories. I yeah. track. I tracked it. And that's I was not even honest. that bad, really. But but just you, like look what it is, though. If you saw a composite sketch of yeah. me from that day, you'd be like, that person has a lot of sugar and a lot of processed foods going on. I don't hear any vegetable talk no. in this uh, episode, and. It's not to say that I haven't had bad days on this journey. Looking back at it, I also got 16,000 steps that day. Um, I burned about as many calories as I ate. So it was kind of a maintenance day, but it's not a good looking day. It was also because I also track my time of the month. It was a week before I started my time of the month. And I always go bananas the week before. So I have a full picture of who I was on that day in history. From the years before, all I know is that I drank and ate potato chips. And now I know, like there, I'm building this three-dimensional image of myself. Now that is not a happy day in history. I wish you had right. picked a day where I was like, I ate moonbeams and wishes and like, <laughs> and walked 40,000. got 40,000 steps. Yeah, exactly. But I have the evidence. I have the alibi. And if I was in a lineup on that day of people who are healthy inspirations, that was not a great day in history, but it's the right. average over time. So anyway, that's just a, that's an aside. Do you and, have a number- and again, that, that leads to another one of the benefits is that if you do it right, it can help you figure out what foods are triggering you. And, and 90% you, of that day was you know, trigger. Binge episodes and you can discover a pattern and it really helped me to, to cut that out and to figure out that if if I, if I eat my treats after dinner, I'm much better off. Like if I eat them before bed, it sort of um, scratches that that binge itch, you know, without actually binging. And I'm able to then, you know, eat healthy food in air quotes all day up until that time. And I also realized for me that protein, uh, foods with a lot of protein really fill me up and stop me from being hungry uh, much more than, than the very high carb foods. Well, and I I look back at that day and I can see that like, oh, I should not have had a complete cookie for breakfast. And I 
really going for those sugar-free Reese's peanut butter cups because you were diabetic at the time and eating sugar-free things. Like, yeah, each one of those is like seven sixty calories, seventy calories. I had two hundred and forty calories worth of sugar-free. Like, just because sugar-free doesn't mean that it's not like that was not a great day in history. But yeah, like Donald, I realize I need protein for breakfast. I need to wait to have those triggery foods until late in the day because, as you could see from my entire day, I just kept going. It wasn't the one exception of like, oh, I just had a croissant in the morning. Like. I kept going and did not stop. And uh, it's not a great day, but it was a good lesson. So my my last two, I will uh, I will try and sort of combine. This one, look, if I really want to eat something, I will go ahead and do it. But there are times when tracking something actually stops me from eating something that I know I shouldn't. I, I will like start reaching for something and then realize that I'm going to have to write it down and face the, the music, so to speak, and that stops me from doing it. And lastly, the one of the biggest benefits for me is it has allowed me to eat guilt-free, or at least almost guilt-free. I used to live my life being guilty about everything I would eat all the time. And knowing that I have uh, enough calories in my day to eat a treat, to have a mini candy bar, to have a little bag of chips or something like that, and uh, you know something that really feels and tastes like an indulgence really allows me to to like relieve myself of that guilt and shame that I felt for all those years. Well, and I I mean I definitely used to secretly eat Ronald McDonald in the parking garage before work yeah. and realizing that it is something that I can have as part of my life occasionally matters because before when I would diet, I would eat diet food. And I'm not like literally I think we've had fast food once in the last 6 months like Yeah. We're not, that's just not part of who we are anymore. But realizing that I am responsible in all circumstances, whether it's stress, whether it's COVID, whether it's, you know, a work deadline or a call from a principal, what I put in my mouth matters and it matters every day. And I have the evidence to back up. I have my alibi locked right now. If I go to the doctor and they say that my cholesterol is high, I can look at evidence for four years of tracking like, oh, gosh, I've really been eating a lot more of this, yeah. that, or the other. If you have no evidence, if you have no history that you're following, where do you? how do you know where to start? And to put it another way, you're basically spending money, in a sense, without knowing how much is in your bank account. You just keep putting that, that debit card down, and it's you know, the money's coming out and coming out and coming out. And eventually you're going to be out and you won't even know if you don't constantly check how much you have. It's like knowing how many calories you have in a day. It's the same as budgeting. It's a very similar skill and it makes it real and makes it much easier to decide, is that food really worth it? I mean, it's the same thing, you know, when you're trying to decide whether you should buy something that is frivolous, you know, is that really worth the money to me or would I be better off saving it for something else? Well, and in uh, in Molt Place, W-O-L-T Place, our uh, support group, we've recently started doing a monthly habit tracker for the month of May, and we're picking a couple of habits to focus on. And a few people were saying, like, I don't even know where to start. I don't – I have no idea what I should do. Yeah. And it's sort of like when you tell a kid to clean a room – 
they don't know where to start. Like if someone says like eat sensibly, like I have no idea what that means. Yeah. And if you aren't tracking what you're doing all day, if you're not tracking the handful of food or how much you're sitting or how much activity you're getting, you don't know where to start and it can feel very overwhelming. Yeah. And you don't have to have a Fitbit or fitness tracker, but that is what we use. And um, that is another way to visually know, like, I thought I was moving. I thought I was getting exercise. And then I got the Fitbit and realized I was getting maybe 3,000, 5,000 steps in a day, maybe you know, on a good day. And now my daily goal is 20,000. And, you know, you don't have to go immediately from 3,000 to 20, but at least it it gives you a benchmark. It gives you something to strive for. It gives you a visual representation of your movement. And if you, if you hate walking, if you hate tracking steps, then, you know, record it in some other way, but at least figure out how much you're moving and then move more than that. Well, and for me, I think the the big telltale sign or the telltale heart is what I regret when my eyes are closing to go to bed or my first thought when I wake up the next morning. Yeah. If you are murdering a bag of Lay's potato chips before you go to bed and you wake up with regret going, I shouldn't have done that. Like, I shouldn't have killed that person and put them in a ditch. Like, <laughs> yeah. boy, today I promise I won't kill anybody. Like, I, but I'm on the straight and narrow. Yeah. Like, Whatever is on your mind as like, oh my gosh, I have heartburn. Oh my gosh, like I can't walk up the the stairs with a bag of groceries. Oh, I can't get off the floor. Those little signs are those areas that you should start focusing on. If you're if you don't know where to start, what hurts you? What keeps you up at night? What keep what is the first thought you have in the morning about regret? Look, and people complain to us all the time that tracking is too much work that that they can't stand doing it, that they hate it. And I'll tell you what, I can see that point of view, but what I hated even more was having type 2 diabetes. What I hated even more was being uncomfortable in my own body because of how big I was, being uncomfortable in every seat I was in, being uncomfortable in every piece of clothing I owned, being uncomfortable trying to carry things upstairs, having to take a nap every single afternoon when I had the opportunity because of how terrible I felt. And it is so much better the way I feel now compared to the way I felt before I was tracking everything, that the tracking is worth it. And it's just a natural part of my life now. And if it seems overwhelming to you, just do the James Clear thing and start baby steps and say to yourself, all right, I'm going to track my morning meal. Every morning after I eat my first food, I'm going to track and start there. Set your intention and do it, and then slowly add throughout the day until you're tracking everything. Well, and I think the the idea of, you know, the, the budgeting thing, like don't do the crime if you can't do the time. Yeah. And at, in the moment, because we're free spirits, we're grownups, we're, you know, we have stressful lives, the kids are in the way, the work is in the way, I'm stressed about whatever. Like, we're going to pay a price later for our choices today. And we can either be aware and present and own our choices, or we can blame the entire world, you know, a world of strangers for the murders that are happening. And I, I didn't do any research on it, but 99% of murders are committed by someone that the victim knew. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> 99%. But it's 
Those, uh, asterisk, that's not a real statistic. The, that's not a statistic. <laughs> Completely made up but stat. There are so many crimes of passion that we commit against ourselves, and we act like it's self-soothing. We act like it's a mercy killing. Yeah. And we are just slowly killing ourselves, and we are taking away our choices for the future. We are taking away the choice to be able to live in a two-story home because we cannot walk up a flight of stairs. Yeah. We are risking our independence. We are w- risking our ability to get up off the floor by ourselves. We are risking our literal limbs with diabetes. Like, there are so many things that we benefit from that don't have to do with vanity. None of this is a, this isn't a vanity project anymore. This is about living with like integrity until our old ages. Like, I don't want to be really super fit and have to take care of Donald. I feel so much better at age 50 every day than I did at age 40 or age 35. It's unbelievable. Yeah. So it all matters. So what can you start owning? What, you know, instead of blaming your circumstance, how can you be accountable for your actions? How can you feel pride in taking care of yourself? Because nobody's coming to rescue anybody. Like you can either rescue yourself now or be reliant on others in the future because you're incapacitated. And I know that you have it in you to take charge of your circumstances. This is not a board game. None of this is a joke. It is serious. And our hells are the only things that we can have 100% control over. There are so many circumstances in the world. COVID, we can't control. We can't control the economy, but we can control what we put in our mouth and what we track. And we are telling you it is worth every extra minute a day it takes to track, which is like five minutes. Like I can give five minutes to save my life. Yeah, for sure. And uh, speaking of things being worth every minute, uh, it was worth every minute of your time listening to this episode so of this podcast. Uh, we've got uh, 121 other episodes of the show you can go and check out, and please do. It is worth the time. Thank you so much for listening. We are grateful for each and every one of you, and we really appreciate it. If you have any questions for us, you can reach us uh, at weonlylookthin at gmail.com. Uh, we do respond. Um, let us know, uh, you know, tips and tricks for tracking that have helped you. Let us know topics that you want us to talk about on the podcast. If you have specific questions, we're happy to answer. Or if you just think we're darn awesome, uh, then that would be great to hear too. We actually so I love those emails we too, yeah. so appreciate anyone on Instagram or Facebook or in an email that just sends us a note saying that we're awesome and funny and and helping because uh, we it really means a lot to know that we're we're impacting lives. So let us know. And speaking of all those things, you can find us on all the socials: your Instagrams, your Twitters, your Facebooks um, at We Only Look Thin. Yeah, and if you'd like to join our weight loss support group for women, you can go to our website weonlylookthin.com and click on join our support group for more information. We are a group of women supporting each other, uh, focusing on habits and getting really honest about all the uh, murderous ways we uh, murder our habits. So, And if you don't want to do any of those things, <laughs> but you feel like helping us out, you say to yourself, you know what, Donald and Catherine have really helped me. How can I help them? You could go to Apple Podcasts and you can give us a rating. And if you really want to help us out, you could give us a rating and a review, preferably five stars and say nice things about us. Um, That really helps people find the show uh, when they're searching for podcasts. It boosts us in the uh, search results and uh, it really helps out. We really appreciate it. Yeah. So if you uh, still at this point in time 
can't remember the difference between Colonel Mustard in the billiard room with the <laughs> candlestick and Colonel Sanders in the kitchen with the drumstick, just remember that Catherine and I are an, an inspiration. Asian, With herbs and spices. The information that you hear on this podcast is for informational purposes only. The hosts are not medical professionals. You should always consult with your doctor, nurse, or other certified health professional before beginning any diet or fitness program. <laughs>